0: So here's here's the schedule on the on the station tonight, or at least I should say for the Sooner Nation on our flagship sports talk fourteen hundred. Well, it's the ref still, but the ref ninety nine point three FM and fourteen hundred AM. You can hear the OU women's basketball broadcast. I'm in tonight, filling in for Brinkley. Uh, we'll start a pregame show at six to be on the air for the six thirty tip, and then a late night late 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 night eight thirty tip or eight o'clock tip. Excuse me for Oklahoma. And Oklahoma State in Bedlam.
1: Ooh, it's a night, baby.
0: I um, there, there were two things that Porter talked about this mo this morning. Uh, if you missed the Porter Moser interview with Toby Rowland, you can find it right now on the KREF podcast page. You can go to kref.com, dot com, or if you are a regular podcast listener, however, you consume podcast, simply search KREF, and it's right there. There were a couple of things that caught my eye from Saturday, Josh, and one of them was seeing a little bit more of Otega Owe. Now, just from appearances, right, 6'5", 210, he's the kind of guy that I'm like, all right, wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of that guy. Sure. Here's what Porter Moser had to say about Owe and what his minutes might look like and if we'll see more of him here
2: tonight. We are. He's been really practicing well and but it was, it was a really good matchup for him because they were just so old and physical. That's the way they just pound you in. And, and uh, Otega's body, you know, he already, he's not, doesn't have a freshman body. He has that strength. He's got great feet laterally. Um, and he's just working on his offense. I, I think West Virginia is one of the teams that, that, that they foul uh, more than a lot of uh, one of the top fouling teams in our league. And Otega draws fouls, and it, it worked. Otega drove, drew a foul, made two free throws. Um, really guarded well. It's just hard because the good thing is, you know, a guy like CJ Nolan, when, you know, he, he, was, he was struggling early, um, I made the change in the lineup. And then now, ever since Christmas, it's like he's just accepted it and been like, let's go, make my minutes count. And I really think CJ's been a really good piece of, of getting him to play the way we, we hoped he's p- playing. And uh, so, and then you got Bijan and Sam. And it's hard to get that ninth guy minutes. Um, you know, and uh you know, Benny. Benny had COVID, so he didn't come back after Christmas right away. He's doing some things in practice. It's just hard to get that ninth guy consistent minutes. There you go. Just, oh. They're they're playing hard, they're getting better, they're not huh. like tanking it in practice.
0: There you go.
2: Which I guess
0: should be and could be a concern at this point, right? You get to like the heart of conference play, and if you're not seeing minutes, it's very easy to do what? Oh, bleep this! I'm not, I'm not, I'm not involved in this mix. Forget this. And to see that they aren't, is, I think, incredibly reassuring. Big Twelve a beast, man. I, I know you're probably tired of hearing it, and I feel like we say it over and over. And in a lot of ways, Josh, it's. It's, it's the hardest thing to try to find a different way to put it. But outside of what maybe one or, or two or three games, you can pretty much prepare with two minutes to go in the game that you're going to be in a one possession. Two to three minutes to go in the game, you're going to be in a one possession game. And you just better be ready for it. I have a dorky question. I wonder, like the Otega OAs of the world, and you know, on the other side of it, Bryce Thompson's had a really nice season. Uh, Avery Anderson's been pretty good for them. Like, you know, has been pretty good for him. But for Oklahoma State, too, you know, they could sit here and very much like an Oklahoma conversation, feel like their schedule, excuse me, record could be easily inverted right now. You know, Oklahoma looks at it and it's like, ah, you know, we're sitting with a couple of losses in Big 12 play that we shouldn't have had. I'm sure Oklahoma State feels that way. But here's my nerdy question is, does it, ratchet up focus and doesn't make it I don't want to say easier on coaches but whenever players see night in night out that hey there's no games where we're going to come out here and just kick our feet up in other words we joke about we joked a couple of weeks ago about Oklahoma City Thunder basketball having our attention Does the big 12 and the way that it plays does it have the attention of every player on the roster uh, even from the guys that aren't regulars if you're part of a scout. Uh, you know, hey, I better know what they're doing. I better know what that opposing team is going to do. So I don't know. I I just I find it better. It fa- I find it fascinating when it's this tight. It better because sixty percent of the the league is ranked,
1: and the other the other four are pretty good too. So if it doesn't have your attention, you walk into an arena and guess what? You'll be walking out uh, with a blowout loss
0: because that's what the league is. Do you want to do a little uh, a sidebar to some Diamond Sports and some breaking news? Sooners are the favorites. Is this out? Can I talk about it now? You may. In a shock to absolutely nobody in this listening audience, unless somehow we've beamed into UCLA's front softball offices, I guess UCLA wouldn't care about them being the Big 12 favorite. Uh, Kitty Gajewski's office is in Payne County. The Oklahoma Sooners have been named the favorites. In the Big 12 softball preseason poll, conference head coaches voted in the poll and were not allowed to select their own team, which would be fascinating because that would tell you whom Patty Gasso voted for first in the conference. So who do you think, Josh Helmer, Oklahoma gave its first place vote to? Oklahoma State. Ding, ding, ding. Though I would love it, PG, right, Coach Gasso, if you would have like given a first place vote to Jamie Pinkerton, right? That would have been hilarious. Oklahoma, the uh, pretty much unanimous number one. Followed by Oklahoma State, Texas, Baylor, and Iowa State, Texas Tech, and Kansas bring up the rear. So Oklahoma got as much of the vote as they could get. Exactly. Of the seven teams that play in the Big 12, six of them put Oklahoma number one. Which? Oklahoma's own Patty Gasso can't. And I don't know, you know... Here's the thing on these coaches' preseason polls. I don't think there's any extra motivation or anything that can be taken from it unless someone didn't have OU number one. Uh, Here's the thought, though, Josh. I was speaking of of softball. Can I have a quick little minute here? I noticed noticed that D1 softball put out their 2023 preseason top 25 – they also put out that top one hundred players list, which was
1: littered with Sooners. Oh, did they? I, I don't know how I missed this. I think there were nine. How did I even
0: get this? Nine top one hundred players, but sorry to No, it's jump okay. In there. I I'm gonna try to say this without sounding somewhat pompous, but I think sometimes we don't dig like we should into what's truly coming back for teams in softball preseason polls. Because if you did, then there's probably no way that Alabama and or Oklahoma State end up in the top ten. I don't – I think Oklahoma – I feel the same exact way about Oklahoma State in 2023, Josh, as I did in 2022. I think they're a really, really good team. But I think they're going to struggle early on. And I think they're going to be one of those teams that come – uh, mid-April to May to June, you don't want to have anything to do with them. But early on, they can get got. And usually that's what leads to highly ranked teams. It's teams that can can get going hot can get rolling early. And I, I just – I don't see that in Oklahoma State. They got Kelly Maxwell. And that's really it right now. Um, Alabama as a top six team is ridiculous. I mean – that's pure reputation. If, if you dug any at all, you would know that Alabama – Alabama's like the Vegas Raiders right now. They're kind of in shambles. But some would say that what Alabama's makeup is very similar to the 2016 Sooners where they have a dominant pitcher in Montana Fouts. Like, oh, you had a dominant pitcher in Paige Parker and you got a lot of youngsters that are going to play around her. Fouts is still at Alabama. Montana Fouts is still at Alabama. But she got lit up. Last year, this has got to be the
1: final season of eligibility,
0: right? Other, yes, other teams that are overrated, in my opinion, are Clemson. I don't think Clemson's that that good this year, and UCF. I don't think they're a top fifteen team this season.
1: Now, so a little bit based on reputation with all of these,
0: right? And I think I think when you make the Elite Eight or the Super Regionals last year you end up kind of getting a preseason nod. Sure. So, again, if you're just tuning in, we're talking a lot about uh, OU softball because the preseason top 25 is out. Or excuse- I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. D1 softball top 25 is out. Preseason Big 12 is out. Teams that I think are dramatically underrated, Arkansas. When they're at eight. I think if I'm doing a preseason poll, my top four is Oklahoma, UCLA, Arkansas, and maybe Florida State. I'm just I'm not as big of a cat and this will make Bob from Cement and Tyler and Teddy happy. But I'm not as big on Sandercock as some are. And I just I think the team around her though will make them better. So those those that would be my top four. But like to me, LSU criminally underrated right now. Washington underrated. Duke underrated. How about North Texas sneaking into the top twenty-five? My boy Chris Rainey's daughter's down there playing, so it's going to be a fun year. I still have a lot of work to do. I mean, obviously, I still have a lot of prep, but I just I feel like when I look at this, you know, there shouldn't be much debate about Oklahoma being number one.
1: So you have to you have to have a subscription over here on D one softball to read some of this stuff. Correct. Oh my gosh, what are they doing?
0: That's so bad. I know. Um, But right now, there's a huge gap between one and everyone else. I mean, listen, we had Patty on last week. And what'd she tell us? I can't believe we've done this much softball. Fires me up. What did Patty tell us last week, Josh? Eight newcomers, 12 returners. And of those 12 returners, like every single returning player made an impact in some way, shape, or form, or has. I mean, let's go. It's every single one of them, Josh. There, some might say, well, Grace Green. Well, Grace Green was the 2019 Big 12 newcomer of the year. The year. A regular starter who was bombing. All right? So she's made an impact. Riley Boone was a starter. Jada Coleman's the best center fielder in the game. Um, Alyssa Brito is moving from left field to third, a more natural position for her. I don't have to sell you on Grace Lyons or T.R.A. Jennings or Kinsey Hansen. And there's seven players who could start for you even though Grace probably not going to play the field much, maybe as a DP. And then, you know, Nicole May probably don't go to the World Series without Nicole May two years ago, right? Jordy Ball, I mean, come on, freshman of the year. And you've got names like Hannah Quincy Lilio, and, oh, gosh, why do I always – I see her face, Catcher her, um, playing some first base. Number 19, Sonya um, – anyway, 12 of the 20 have played significant roles. Go to sooner. I'm I'm not looking at the Air Comfort Solutions text line until we come up with this name. She got stuck sitting next to me on the uh, on the flight back from Hawaii. Oops, scroll up. It was uh, littering and I'm not doing I'm not looking at the text line. I'm not letting you guys answer this before I do. Sophia Nugent. By the way, can I get a little kudos for doing all 12 returners right off the top of my head? You did great. Only needing help on one. They all played an, they all played a role. And then you're bringing eight players, four of them new uh, transfers that were basically the best players on their teams. It's incredible, man. So, yeah, they're going to be a distant number one to everyone else. But guess what? They should have been, and they were last year, too. They're good, man. I just, I feel like we're trying to reach to find out like two through 10. And remember, last year, everybody's preseason favorites, the. The Longhorns or – I'm sorry, not the Longhorns. I'm thinking football. (laughs) I'm back to football right now. But I think Texas is underrated. You do? I think Texas is underrated. Everyone always clowns me, and they're like, oh, come on, they're better. I'm like, we'll we'll see. I'm usually right, people. This is a role reversal for you. The a role reversal. But I don't – Made the championship series. I don't think anyone can have a problem with Oklahoma being number one, and I guess you can't really have a problem with OSU being number two. That preseason poll. Just that's the way it is. All right. Um, who who would have thunk it? We get a good five minute chunk of softball here on the plank show today. Who would have thunk it? All right. Um, quick break. Porter Moser was asked this morning about his opinion on whether or not Bedlam should continue once Oklahoma moves the SEC. We got a little bit more clarity, we think, on the Big Twelve schedule. We think. We think, plus, plus, the top five stories of the day. All coming up right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. I had a great question asked off the air comfort, oh, I'm sorry, the super secret Textoso line. Now, again, I want to be clear I don't think Kenny Gajewski, uh has his lineup set yet. I don't think Mike White has his lineup set yet. I think there's a lot of, you know, this player could be pretty good. This player might fit here. This player could obviously work in this position. But not many people have, like, their, their lineup truly set. So when I was asked this question, for one of my favorite people on the planet on the super secret Textosa line who will remain nameless. I gave a knee jerk answer, but I'm standing by it. Here was the question. If Oklahoma is one and Oklahoma State is two in the Big Twelve, how many Oklahoma State players would start for Oklahoma? If Oklahoma is one in softball, and Oklahoma State is two, how many Oklahoma State players would start for Oklahoma? Well, do
1: you think there is anybody? There is not. I mean, that's really kind of the
0: the thing here is what we're talking about. The one play Now, obviously, Kelly Maxwell would be great in this rotation. No doubt, yeah. But, like... I mean... Maybe someone like a Cheyenne Factor, UConn product, who's really good for them. You know, maybe Kylie Naomi's good. My gosh, they've got some old players this year. Taylor Tuck's been around since like 2016, but yeah, I I think Factor and. Mm, well, obviously, Factor and Maxwell, definitely, and we'll see some. They're going to have some young players this year. You know, Kenny Gajewski has typically been a guy that's hit the portal pretty strong, and that hasn't necessarily been the case too terribly much this last off season. offseason. Lexi, Lexi Kilfoyle is going to be interesting. I mean, that's someone who comes in from Bama, but wasn't really a part of the Bama rotation. So we'll see. I mean, I just, I, I don't know if there's any. I don't know. I mean, when, when it came time to go hit the portal and get the best players, I mean, there wasn't a phone call to Payne County. That's not being a jerk, or there it's just the reality. No, Oklahoma's taken Oklahoma State transfers before in softball. Absolutely, they have. But, Oklahoma's got the best collection of talent I've ever seen. It's a good point off the Air Comfort Solutions text line for Robert and Hera who writes, Ray Walker entered the portal this morning, which is too sooner O-line in the, in the couple of days. Should we expect an O-L line today, possibly? Um, I don't – okay, let's – this is my understanding, and, and you might have Parker Thune at noon come in here and say that I couldn't be more incorrect. None of these guys that just announced they were entering the portal are guys that probably had positions. It was pretty Past much... Paths to playing time. They they have been... It's been understood that they're going to be in the portal for a while. And in fact, I mean, Bray Wyatt was one of the first handful of names that we had on our list of players who had enter the portal because... As we've learned now, there's all these technicalities to where I have the intention to enter the portal, and then there's actually entering the portal. And then, as I found out yesterday, today's the deadline to enter said portal, but there's also a paperwork process that needs to be gone through over the next couple of days. So if you submit your paperwork today- We might not hear about it until Thursday or Friday. Gotcha, but you're still in. And- while you can't enter the portal, Josh, my understanding is those dudes that are still kind of in portal purgatory that haven't found a home yet, they can still go sign somewhere. So just because the portal closes, that means you can't enter it. It doesn't mean you can't exit it.
1: Make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. All right, sure. so
0: like now, S- Spencer Sanders not being signed by today isn't a bad thing. It's just, you know, he's 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 out there. Right, he no no one else from Oklahoma State can enter the portal after the 18th. So we go through what we've gone through many many
1: different times with college athletics. It is the 18th of January, right. 2023. The portal window closes. That does not mean the exit window totally closes, though. Plank classes are starting, which means that probably two weeks, and then the shuffling stops until the end of
0: what the spring season. No, wait, hold. Did I just say Bray Wyatt? Did I say Bray Wyatt? You did, yes. Ah! Bray Walker. Bray Wyatt's back, though. That's part of the problem, all right? With Bray Wyatt being back, this just blows my mind. And now we're going to see him at SummerSlam? Let's go. It's a wrestler? Yeah, Bray Wyatt's. Yes, Josh. Bray Wyatt's a wrestler. Sorry, Sorry. I didn't know. Thank you, Brian Hines. My man B. Hines had my back on that one. Is he going to walk in and say, let me tell you the difference between living and loving? Bray Walker always or sorry, Look at me. Bray White always has wild wild promos. Right, anyway, Bray Walker being in the portal, I don't think is one of those situations where they're walking around in the offices. Go guys. We got a scholarship. Got a scholarship available. Let's go. I think it's pretty much been known for a while that Accounted he wasn't going to be back. Yeah. That that that'd be my understanding. I don't think there is or at least and good catch by the way. Um Robert, I appreciate it. I don't think there is anybody that would have been taken back by the fact that over the last two days you've seen Marcus Alexander now and Bray Walker enter the portal for the Sooners.
1: Now, Marcus Alexander would be, you know, another name that we would say adds
0: a number we think, right? Right, because now to be clear, coaches, I'm sure that they've known this. It's just a matter of when it's publicized. Now, I, you know what? I missed out on a golden opportunity yesterday. I missed out on a golden opportunity yesterday, Josh, because I was around our buddy Mike Hauk, and I could have asked the question, so when's that updated roster? Uh, What's it going to look like? When's it going to be on Soonersports.com? I wonder if it's once the portal closes today, midnight, if we start seeing a new look, kind of Soonersports.com, and what this uh, Team 129 is going to look like.
1: Yeah, and if we want to go ahead and add the remaining years of eligibility to that, and roster spots, number taken and available, that would be that would be totally. Hey, I don't
0: know how to put this, but I have never in my life been more confused by some of the things that I have seen as far as uh, the amount of eligibility some people have left when it comes to college softball. I mean, absolutely, positively, I'm like, wait, what? She's still playing? How is that person still around? That's not even possible
1: right now. Athletics communication directors, you have my full support to put together the remaining eligibility, eligibility lists and roster spots available. <laughs> totally welcome.
0: Um, here are a couple of other quick updates. Uh, how about Meech graduating law school and joining the OU Compliance Office for OU Athletics? That's Pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah, Dimitri Flowers, I saw that on Twitter yesterday. Uh, he's a great dude, man. He is an absolute great dude. Oklahoma, uh, you talk about dudes that you hit a home run with when you had the when you had the opportunity to kind of, you know, maximize and get the most out of someone's talent and ability. Dude, that's absolutely what happened to Mitri Flowers. And I mean that, Josh, not just as a football player, but, you know, maybe even more so as a person because he's a dude that I think you still want around and to still have him around, I think, is a really big deal. Really big deal. Um yeah, but again, going back to the, the Bray Walker situation, I, I just don't think, Josh, that you're in a situation where anything that has happened over the last 24 hours to 48 hours is, is that big of a surprise to the OU coaches. I don't. Uh, here's a good one uh, for the 918. Did the schedule ever come out? Now, if you can, because my computer just died because I started packing and forgot it's not charged, if you would hit the prep page one Josh Helmer on our Air Comfort Solutions text line, there is a very interesting tweet from somebody who has dug just slightly deeper than we have. There you go. Um, the 580. Scroll down just a scosh there. There you go. Uh speaking of the schedule. World triathlon competition. Or I'm sorry, world triathlon. Triathlon Corporation, are commonly known as Ironman, has announced a date for Ironman 70.3 in Waco as October 15th, which means that Baylor does not have a home game that weekend, as the proximity of the race to the race site would conflict with a home game at McLean Stadium. So, evidently, Ironman knows something about the Big 12 schedule that we don't. Yeah, well... So we're not going to Waco on October 15th. How's that?
1: Anymore, I don't know that they do have any information that we don't. We all know that
0: they're not Guys, playing a game in Baylor that weekend. I, I'm, I'm here to tell you that I firmly believe, and everyone, they don't have a schedule yet. They don't. And uh, now there might be, like in other words, let me clarify that. They're not just holding this to release it. That, okay, so for those of you that are like, oh, I wonder if they're just doing this to get a little bit more pop for it. No, no, no. That's not what this is about. <laughs> this is about, you know, trying to make sure that everyone is on on deck. Is that the proper word? On board with what they're doing. And, and, and it all kind of fits together. So...
1: We've broken down all these different reasons for why we haven't seen a schedule yet. Right. What are the odds that Brett Yormark just is procrastinating this homework assignment?
0: Is he like me on a Boyd Street article? Is he just dreading the experience
1: of starting? Because I understand that. If he would just come out and publicly say, look, it's a grand undertaking. I don't really want to do this today.
0: Okay, got it. I'm absolutely with you on that front. If that's the case, Brett, I feel it in my bones. I absolutely feel it in my bones. But I'm sure, so, as someone who has totally nerded out over scheduling conversations in the past, I know for a fact there's certain dates that in the National Football League they'll be given and say, hey, we can't host it this weekend because we have Monster Jam or uh, Taylor Swift has a concert or Katy Perry is coming to town or uh, whatever. I mean, those types of things are communicated to the schedule makers. So, I would imagine that, I mean, just my assumption, Iron Man probably brings a lot of money into Waco. Yeah. So, I would think that this would have been something that Iron Man set the date and Baylor went to the Big 12 and said, hey. This we, date's not going to work. Yeah, this is not going to work for us.
1: Well, and you have to have road games anyway. So, or a bye week, which, you know, that's that's one minor little issue to work through. That's. Pretty easily
0: but dealt with. I, I, I like the detective work in that. No doubt. Because you are digging and saying, wait a minute here. Look at this. Look at this. I'm not going to lie to you, Josh. There is a part of me that does dig the content that this has provided for us. Oh, it's great. <laughs> because it doesn't appear as if it's something that's going away anytime soon. And then, you—I was it Kirby Hokut that came out last last night and said, oh, late January. You're like, just, I know we have to ask about it. I get it. But who's to say that Kirby Hokut hasn't been on board since day one? It's like, yeah, we, we like this schedule. This is fine. And it's constantly been other, uh, other teams, other schools that have had debates and issues with it. It's fascinating. Okay. Um, take a break. We'll come back. When we come back, we'll have more from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. But I do want to play what Porter had to say about Bedlam. And we'll do it next right here on The Ref. Sorry about that, Josh. We're having like a, a little mini emergency, a little mini freak out on your boy. Doesn't happen very often to me. All good, all good. Well, it's we we've got a couple of responsibilities, so we're a little a little a little bit different. Uh, I think only the the plank plank platoon members would understand. I'm part of the ref army. As we welcome you back in to the plank show. Hey, did we um have we done justice to the actual Kansas Kansas State game last night, Josh? Have we Like in other words, I I get it that a, a lot of the talk is going to center around Jerome Tang, right? And in his comments, and not in a negative way, but just kind of this mindset that you know, Kansas State is trying to I don't know, be about love and get rid of the FKU chance. But have we have we given enough attention to just you know exactly trying to figure out what that truly was last night? Because I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a great result and a great finish. But what, was it was it really a great basketball game? And I know you had some high school responsibilities, so I don't know if you if you were as dialed in as I was last night. Um, but I mean, I, again. I'm not trying to be ants at a picnic or anything, but 49 fouls, 74 free throws. I mean, what are, and there's a part of me that, maybe it's a conversation for the crossover too to get Toby's take on it and kind of see where where he sits as well. But is this a case of over-officiating? Is this what we just better get used to in the Big 12? Because I don't, I mean, I felt like I watched a great game, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I feel like the conversation could stop there. But since we host a radio show and we're kind of challenged to talk about it every single day, I mean, is it truly good basketball, and does it even really matter? Because I felt like the true star of last night were the guys wearing the Zebra shirts.
1: Let's see. So Tomlin fouled out for Kansas State. and Brady Dick did. Adams and McCollar did as well. So he right. I mean, had what four players combined? that yep. fouled out. Yep. And and you know the game went to overtime, so you sure. expect some of that. But
0: I I mean again, like I said, it, it it's probably it's probably more conversation for you know getting a Kevin Henry in here or talking with Toby about it because like I want to sit there, tell me if this makes sense. This was a part of a part of my thought process last night. It's like I want to complain that there's too many fouls called and that it's over-officiated, but I feel like, Josh, when I'm watching it, they're fouls that are being committed. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know how else to put that to where, you know, unless you're just going to swallow your whistle, and at times they did last night, maybe it just needs to be more consistent, but... I mean, does that even make – am I making sense on that? And that I loved the game and I loved every minute about it, and I don't want to say it was over-officiated, but when there's fouls committed, you got to blow the whistle. Now, they blew a couple of things last night, probably should have taken a look to see if the K-State player was, was laying out of bounds. There was a really uh, – there was a real ticky-tack foul called pretty late, well away from the basket on Kansas, uh, and they kind of screwed that up. But, I mean – I I look at the numbers, I look at the stats, and I want to say over-officiated, this sucks. But then again, I feel like they're fouls that you should call.
1: Generally speaking, I'm always leaning toward less whistles are better whistles. I like to see a little physicality and just let the guys play and go decide it. So that that would tend to be where I I typically lean. Uh, So, you know, just that sheer number of combined fouls is like no thanks for me.
0: Right. In other words, you're like, okay, listen, we get it. There's going to be some fouling done. Let the let the men play the game. All right. Uh, tonight, we'll get Bedlam. We'll get Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. If you missed Porter Moser from this morning with Toby Rowland, it was a fantastic interview. It's up on our podcast page right now. You can go to kref.com or simply search KREF, however you consume podcast, If it's through uh, Apple, like I do, if you search KREF, it's the first thing that pops up. Uh. But unrelated to this game, Porter was asked for his thoughts on the future of Bedlam because, I mean, with the way this thing is going, right, this would be Oklahoma's last trip to Stillwater, potentially. Well, their next to last trip to Stillwater in the Big 12, potentially. Uh, here's what Porter Moser said when Toby said, I'm just, I don't know if I've got your opinion. How do you feel about Bedlam continuing once Oklahoma is off to the SEC?
2: You know, my answer is just strictly my answer, you know, like with this, because I don't know the dynamics of of all the football history. I don't know all that. Just my answer is I'd love battle to continue it. I I think it's great. And, uh, you know, I think it's right here. It's it's, it's close to home. It's in the state. Uh, It's two great programs. So for just basketball, like, like I said, I don't want to say something for the dynamics of the other sports, but I know for us, heck, yeah, let's keep it going. Josh Helmer, any problem
0: with that? Because I kind of dig it. I I like it. I like the idea of even though it doesn't look promising for the next, you know, 15 years in football, at the very least, you know, I I get the sense that we'll continue to play in Diamond sports. I don't want to speak for Skip or for Patty, but I get the sense that at the very least, I mean, from the softball side of things, I will say, Coach, I think this non-conference season is a pretty good indication, too, of what a future sec non-conference season might look like right going to waco for a tournament for that getterman classic maybe in the future we'll be going to lawrence for for a series maybe they'll be coming to Stillwater for a series in the future because they have they have their off-season tournaments. Heck, um iowa state tries to do some off-season tournaments right i I keep saying off-season i'm sorry non-conference tournaments so I feel pretty good about a lot of the Big 12 elements still being a part of softball going forward, specifically OSU. Um, I think OU and OSU are going to play consistently in baseball. Uh, I'll ask Jenny about it, see if she wants to talk about it tonight off the record. But I I don't see a reason why you wouldn't be in a situation, Josh, where you would still play each other in college basketball. If it fits, you know, if it's an easy trip. It's a cheap trip. <laughs> as far as just jumping on a bus and paying for the gas fuel, I mean, why not? Yeah, and it
1: it seems like, seems like the scheduling element of it can happen so much quicker in basketball that it's True. hey let's just slot this in right here and no big deal away we go we toss in a home and home or, you know you alternate year to year so it, it seems like the scheduling side of it there's less of a stink about the difficulty in putting it together so with that in mind play play the rivalry right I mean if if both coaches want to do it. Obviously, you got Porter Moser very publicly saying that he wants to play the game. So, I think it's great. I think it's great for the state, and have felt that way for Bedlam all across the board. I think it should happen in football. I think you should make a find a way to to get it done as a non conference game. Doesn't sound like that's going to be the case, but to me, Bedlam's great. It is a rivalry in all sports. Play the rivalry.
0: Play the rivalry. I, you know, I think eventually it will become a regular part of football. I really do believe that. But, you know, there's, there's still some some hurt feelers in places, Josh. There's still, you know, hey, we, we don't have a spot for you. And, again, we don't need to revisit this. This is probably more apt for a June-July conversation or when we see that 2023 Big 12 football schedule, if OU and OSU don't play on it, right? I mean, that would be, that would be a pretty major indicator, right? If your final year in the conference and they're not finding a way to play you, then that's probably a pretty good chance that we won't see this thing continue football-wise going forward. But for basketball, good on Porter. I hope it stays that way. I hope that mindset stays. I love the disclaimer. You Listen, I don't know what's going on as far as the history is concerned, but if they come to me, Porter Moser, yeah, I want to keep playing this series. And I think you're going to see it in Diamond Sports, too. All right, 1049, when we come back, we'll put a wrap on our two with a little bit more on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Plus, if you hit, want to hit us up on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, you can do it, 405 three two nine nine thousand It's the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, uh, quick wrap to hour number two. It's the Plank Show. Again, big stories last night. Texas Tech stays winless in Big 12 play as they fall a little later in the night to Baylor. Iowa State knocks off Texas. Kansas State beats at kansas you'll hear the exciting play-by-play calls from that broadcast plus more from jerome Tang post game coming up uh bray walker whom we had as a guy in the portal for a while as an oklahoma sooner i guess made it official today on the final day when you can enter the portal and uh aaron Rodgers speaks out again about his nfl future it's all coming up in the top five stories today plus a countdown to bedlam i'm heading down to fort worth for the oklahoma tcu Women's basketball broadcast, and True Sooner is hanging out with us on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. What's going on, True? How are you?
3: How's it going, man? It's good. It's good. How are you? Uh, still waiting for that Raider talk, uh, you know, but I get it.
0: Well, here's the thing, True, and, and Josh is aware of this. Now that we fully have our quad of AFC West fans in uh, right. Josh Poti with the Chargers, Potizi. Uh, Perry Spencer with the Broncos, Josh with the Chiefs, and me with the Raiders. We are now set right. to debut our fantastic for the A Sooner I, I rather than I'll, later, True, we'll get there.
3: that I'll, I'll rile up the uh, Minions. Uh, They'll True. get very mad about hey, the content, yes. Hey, I was going to ask you real quick. All right, I'm going to tell you, I, I did talk to somebody down from the ticket office that I've known for a while, and, and they are... This this whole schedule thing has really put them in a bind down there because they have, you know, and I don't know if you have season tickets or you know people that have season tickets, but, you know, they, the renewals are usually coming out about this time. I mean, you know, years ago it started, you know, March, April, May, or whatever, in the last few years it's been right around this time when they've actually, you know, sent the things out and they give you two months or whatever to respond or whatever. But this kind of has put, not put them behind the eight ball, but it has kind of messed up their scheduling a little bit and, you um, interesting i mean uh he i was told he and i don't know if he has any he probably doesn't have any more information than anybody else but i was told a week to two weeks what they're expecting right now so who knows uh that would that would i guess that would put it i'm gonna first week first week of february i guess maybe something like that yeah yeah yeah. i I think
0: because that's i keep hearing it's first week in february and yeah 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 so that that again would butt up against it, but I will say I'm intrigued now by your source in the ticket office because now that I know it's a mail, I can start limiting it down, and I can out your source. <laughs> True, no. Hey, here's the thing, though, to True's point, because some people might say, and True, I'm up against it, buddy. It's great to hear your voice. Have a great week, man. Yeah.
3: Would you mention flow softball um, uh, on the on the other side? Would you mention flow softball I, I, as far as having to having to do with that in the first in the first month?
0: Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. Of course, you guys know my opinion of flow softball. Shut up and listen to the radio. dude. What are you doing? I'm free. I got you. But no, I completely understand. Um, True's point that some might laugh at and say, well, what do you mean? You It's, it's setting people back. You know who your opponents are going to play and be. Do you? Do we really know what Oklahoma's opponents are going to be in Big 12 play right now? Um, who's to say that? You're not being sent to TCU again. Who's to say that you're not being sent to Lubbock again, right? I just – those are things that I don't think you really know right now. Okay, we got a break. We got a break. It's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. When we come back, our top five stories today brought to you by Newcastle Casino right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans.